Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slamfire Radio for episode 247. It is March 8, 2018. That's right. It is 3.08. Adriel, do you got anything that's 3.08? Uh, well, this is 30 caliber, so okay. yeah. Yeah. That's 3.08. All right. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adriel Michaud. And that's it. <laughs> so Trevor and Brian are not joining us this evening. They have, uh, well, they have other things to do. Right? Prior commitments, soirees, yeah, to attend, yeah, balls, um, work. <laughs> Actually, I think Brian's got dad duty again. I don't know. Mm. Okay, so why don't we get right into it? Because I know that there's a few people that uh, would like to hear about what we're doing in guns. But uh, actually, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. Canada's premier firearms retailer. What we're going to feature today is the custom 1022s. They have some leftover tack hammer barrels, and so they decided to put together some complete rifles. Uh, What they did is they took a Ruger 1022 uh, takedown rifle uh, for $519. They added a Magpul backpacker stock, and so they're going to put it in your choice of flat dark earth or black or gray, and that's $149. And then they're going to add the AT Tack Hammer 9-inch barrel, which means it's a real little shorty one for $289. The total value of the package is $957, but the package itself is going to be $799. So that's awesome. And these are really cute and really small. So anyways. <laughs> really suit guns. They're and small. They're compact. Right. Ready so, for action. And the fact that it <laughs> me doing it, I picked the Ruger 1022. Yeah. So anyways. Okay. All right, so what we did in guns this week, why don't, Adriel, why don't you start? All right, um, okay, so I want to start off with this 760 by 39. So um, I was kind of interested, Lever Arms had the 760 by 54 and by the 39. I didn't, I've got too much 760 by 39, but I know someone who's looking for some, so I said, hey, like, so uh, I ordered some, and uh, I got 1,500 rounds in. Uh, I could put a video of that uh, cracking open the crate on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I did a nail test. I actually did two nail tests. Uh, the first one I did was on some uh, nails that I, they they were kind of old and corroded. So I, yeah. I uh, kind of dusted them off and, and tried again, but they're old and corroded and galvanized. So they, they don't rust very fast. They're rusting, but just not very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went out and got some uh, nails in the bright, which basically means <laughs> there's no finish on them <laughs> and they'll rust a little bit faster. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. cause you should, you should be able to see, a little bit of flash rusting uh, on a corrosive primed uh, case on the nail within a day. Uh, right. I literally did these just yesterday and I'm already seeing results. So without further ado, that's my crappy drum roll. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. That's better. Yeah. Um, why don't we do the uh, the two that we knew were corrosive first. So the first okay. one is... Uh, some why don't you lift it up a little bit? Oh yeah, I'll bring, really I'll bring it up to the uh, camera and hopefully it'll 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, you might not be able to see this one, but I can see it. This one's starting to get orange. And mm-hmm. this is my test uh, 762 by 54. This one is from 1971. So you would expect this one to be corrosive. And I can definitely see like an orange sheen to it. And that's the precursor to starting to rust. It's starting to flash rust now. Uh, the next one I have here is some 762 uh, by 39, and this is from 1973. And oh man, it's still. You know what? I'll, I'll take some photos of this and I'll pop it on our uh, on on Slamfire.com okay. um, and on the Facebook page because this one's definitely orange. This one's definitely getting some flash rust on it. So those two, we knew <laughs> we knew were going to be uh, rusty. They're from the 70s. Uh, back then, they used corrosive primers. Right. Now, this guy here is one of the lever arms, and this one is from O2. So this is quite a bit newer. Um, it's got like a different primer. So whereas these ones have like a lacquered uh, sealant on them, a, a red seal, these yeah. have no seal on them. So it looks a little bit different there. The bullets were also uh, a little bit different pulling them out. Um, and this guy... Does uh, not have any corrosion yeah. on it. No rust whatsoever. It's just uh, black and sooty from the uh, primer, and uh, and that's it. And and just for some of our listeners, um, the the these rounds, the it's the primer that's corrosive, not the powder or anything else. It's just the primer. So you can really test these things just by pulling the bullet and the primer out. So seven sixty two by fifty four. At least these ones not corrosive. Seven sixty two by thirty nine. Also not corrosive. That's a corrosive. Okay. Yeah, non corrosive. So. Um, at least these ones were 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 non-corrosive and uh as advertised now for everyone out there like before <laughs> before shooting this in your, your you know you know uh $2000 rifle or whatever you got that you're shooting these in or your $200 SKS even um I would recommend doing one of these nail tests they're very easy just make sure you get galvanized nails scour them a little bit with a pad um to remove the bullet off of these cases i, I you know what I'll just I'll do I'll do a quick little video um, and upload it to my channel on, on how to do one of these tests because they're uh-huh. very quick to do and you get your results in like a day. So you'll know whether your ammo is corrosively primed or not. And uh, that's nice to know, right? <laughs> what, are you, what are you using for liquid? Anything? For liquid? Yep. Are you using a liquid at all or are you just letting them sit there? I just let them sit. Now, I, okay. I, I did I did get a humidifier going in the room over just to get a little okay. bit more humidity. Uh, in Alberta, we get re- it's real dry here in the winter time, um, so th- they may not run, they may not rust very quickly. Uh, so I just got a humidifier going in the next room just to uh, get it a little bit more humid in here, just so it could possibly rust. Um, but I'm going to leave these things out, and I'm going to I'm going to sh- uh, take another picture of them after a week, and that's when they should start getting like real nasty and cruddy and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, long story short, non-corrosive. Uh, let's see. I hit the range on Saturday with a whole bunch of stuff, and I learned a whole bunch, which is really good, because uh, sometimes I, I go out to the range and I take guns that I've been messing around with, and I learned whether those mods uh, worked or not. Uh, I took out the uh, Ruger GP100. Mm-hmm. I shot some 38 Special. I had these little um, tiny little loads for them, and they work great. They're super low recoil. Um, uh, you know, they all went bang and, uh, they're kind of fun. They, they kind of went all the way into the case. Those worked great. Um, I took out the 45 ACP. I've got this Sam 1911 mm-hmm. and, uh, the swinging link was like where the swinging link it was, was like kind of battering on the, uh, on the barrel. Uh, so I shot that quite a bit just to see if it would batter anymore. And it looks like it stopped. So it might've been just something that, you know, a part was, uh, was out of alignment oh, just when it was, you know, just from the factory, 
Um, so that's that's actually smoothed out quite a bit and, and is quite a bit nicer now. Okay. Um, so how many rounds did you put through it to? Uh, I put th- uh, 50 rounds through that 50? one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I should see some battering in there if, you know, if, if mm-hmm. that's what it would have cost it. But um, check that out. Uh, I took out my Glock 34 with some new ammo. I had some Domin- uh, Dominion primed stuff which should use like a, a harder primer and it ran flawlessly. I ran a hundred rounds through it. Oh, oh, I love that. I love that gun. Now <laughs> the trigger is so nice on it uh, with the fiber optic front sight. Actually, I, that's, that's one thing I forgot to mention. I changed out the uh, fiber optic front uh, oh, sight you? on that one. Yeah. Um, that's really easy. Oh man. I did not realize it. I, I, I went on YouTube and I checked it out and the video made it seem like, Oh, you know, it's a little bit involved and it is not. It's super easy. Um, yeah, you just get a little chunk of fiber optic and pop it in there, cut it, kind of get some heat close to it so it mushrooms, and boom, you're done. Um, yeah, maybe I should do a video on that one because it, it should be like a minute. It should be like boom, 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 done kind of a thing rather than a whole. You know how on, on YouTube they like to really like draw things out and, and make like a one-minute video into a five- or a ten-minute video? Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should do one on like fiber optic. Ten seconds? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, maybe I could probably get it down to 10 seconds very easily. Uh, I took out the Nork NP29. Uh, I get, this is one. This is a good thing. I took it out instead of just going straight to a competition with it. Uh, it's hitting about three feet high at, at 50 yards. Oh, okay. Um, and again, that's because you know Trevor put the sights on. He didn't uh, you know sight it in or anything didn't, like that. Yeah. So that that rear sight uh, is adjustable and it, it needs to be adjusted. Um, I don't. I didn't have like a. Oh man, I, I don't know why they do this. They use the tiniest flathead screw on the adjustment on that thing instead of an Allen key, something that yeah. everyone takes out to the range. Like, why do they put an Allen key in the stupid thing instead of this tiny little flathead? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get to adjust it when I was out at the range and actually sight the stupid thing in because I didn't bring my uber f- tiny flat gunsmith screwdriver bits, <laughs> which, you know, anyways. Yeah. Um, the other th- interesting thing about shooting that uh, that pistol was that the trigger wouldn't reset. It was dragging a bit on the uh, on the edges, uh, and in the cold, it was uh, it was locking to the rear, and the yeah. the trigger return spring just wasn't enough to push it forward. So I would have to like pull the trigger uh, forward uh, and then pull it again. So um, I got that back home, gave it a little bit of love, and now it's have it's in you this. Shot it since then, though. You said no. you. No, because no, okay. that was just on Saturday and we're on Thursday right. now. And I can't really right. get out to the range during the week. Yeah. Trevor said that he didn't really like the trigger when he, so. Oh, no, it's great. He was just, he's right. just like underselling, under promising because the trigger's fantastic. All right. Yeah. Uh, I tried out my AR-15 with some new ammo, the uh, uh, American Eagle Independence ammo. This mm-hmm. stuff's done to XM-193 specs. So it's, it's a little bit hotter than, uh, than a lot of, uh, uh, 223 ammo because it's 556 five, spec. Uh, so it's a little bit speedier. And I was shooting that stuff out to 500 and it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Shooting 500 meters with like a, a one to six scope on an AR and just smacking it time and time and time again. Oh, super confidence inspiring. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to shoot three gun now and shoot long range. Shooting two and 300 yards was like, yeah, I got that. No problem. <laughs> so now 500. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I don't think I'm gonna put 500. Well, maybe I don't know. Okay. 500 yards is a long shot for three gun. And I don't know how 
that would affect our stage times because there's some guys who uh, maybe haven't sighted in their rifle that well. So a two or 300 yard shot is going to be challenging all by itself. And keep in mind, this is also rested on bags like offhand or prone or kneeling or something like that might be a different story. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oh, uh, I I didn't even write it down. My air 15, the trigger, um, I had it uh, miscalibrated and the sear wasn't resetting on it. So I needed to, uh, uh, adjust that. And as soon as I got home, I adjusted it and it's, it's good to go again as well. So, uh, again, good thing, good things to, to work out given that, uh, our first matches for three gun are in March <laughs> coming up close, <laughs> need to have everything ironed out and ready to rock and roll. Uh, sorry, you're going to ask something. I was going to ask you, you were, so you were talking about your AR and yeah. three gun. And so you were saying the Glock 34, you love mm-hmm. it. The yeah. Nork. Uh, so which, which handgun are you going to use for three gun Glock? You're oh, use the, the Glock. Glock. Yes, okay. absolutely. It, the reliability is a hundred percent. Uh, the trigger's pretty good. Um, loved it. Loved okay. it. Uh, the Nork I'll, uh, I'll continue to tinker with, uh, over okay. the year. And, uh, if I can get it to a point where it's, it's really reliable, it is nice to shoot. It's cause the gun's very heavy and, uh, uh, yeah. you can really get quick splits with it because that, that very short trigger, you can, you can basically double tap it at will, uh, very quickly. Um, but I'll be running the Glock just as something that's a little bit more reliable and something that's a little bit uh, more known, uh, for at least yeah. for the next couple of matches here. Okay. Yeah. It's um, going to be reliable anyways, cause you had a little bit of issue with the trigger anyway. So you don't want to take that too much. Right. Well, uh, so we've got a, we've got a, uh, skills and drills, like a practice coming up, uh, this weekend, next weekend, uh, next weekend. Uh, so I could test it out then, and I probably will take it out and test it out. Okay. Um, but that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I might, I may not be able to get enough trigger time to, uh, to really give it a good go. Um, so I'll still run the Glock for now. Okay. So you're now officially a Glock guy for now, for okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> Spent enough on it. I, I, I should yeah. try it for a couple matches. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. I got my Savage B-Mag out to try some new Hornady ammo, and it ran pretty good. Okay. Uh, and then I shot my Browning A5 with some score ammo. Um, I had picked up a couple cases of this from Wholesale Sports because it was cheap. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it ran fine. It, it, it ran flawlessly as well. So I'm cool. good to go with that stuff. Um, that was that range trip. Um, I also uh, reloaded some 44 Magnum and 357 Magnum. Here, let me, uh, yeah. let me just adjust my camera here because this stuff is uh, is pretty funny. It's so big. It looks like there's such a huge difference uh, in yeah. this stuff. But actually, in perf- performance-wise, there's not a ton of difference. The 44 Magnum uses a 240-grain bullet. The uh, 357, I've got a 125 on there. So it's okay. like literally like half. Uh, but, uh, the performance is not half. So that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And then there's a cat and there's a cat. Yep. Yes. Um, the, uh, yeah. So I made some, I made some stanky 357, uh, Magnum rounds and some stanky 44 Magnum rounds. Uh, my buddy's going to borrow me his, uh, Ruger M77, which is a bolt action, uh, rifle in 44 Magnum. Kind of an interesting, uh, interesting gun. I'm, I'm real curious. I want to know what kind of speeds I get out of this 44 Magnum uh in hmm. that rifle are you gonna actually so you are you gonna videotape it do a review and or, or anything oh yeah oh yeah okay. i'll do i'll do okay. all that stuff um I, my interest in it it would be okay uh ruger uh m77 bolt action rifle in 44 mm-hmm. magnum is this like uh kids first deer hunting rifle 
because 44 Magnum, um, you know, that'll do a, a short distance on a, on a deer. No problem. Oh yeah. So, okay. you know, I'll try that out. See, see what, like uh, see what goes on. They're supposed to be, they're not a front lug and they're supposed to have some accuracy issues, but I'll find out. I'm going to put okay. like, I'm going to put a big, bad, like six to 24 uh, scope on that thing. We'll find out if, if the accuracy is good or not. Um, let's see. I hit up the Edmonton gun show. I got a couple 1911, uh, 45 ECP magazines. How was that? Did you? Was it was all. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not a gun show guy. Like, no. it's a bunch of old farts uh, selling old fart guns, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm just not into it. I, I. Yeah. Did you find some like the 45 mags? Were they priced pretty good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then that's good. Uh, yeah, they were like 35 bucks a pop, and they're nickel, and and okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't complain too much about that. Uh, I think that. Um, Let's see. There was an SVT 40 on sale for $800. Uh, what else was there? <laughs> and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. A whole bunch of hunting rifle, like older hunting rifles and shotguns and uh, some really cool militaria. So I took my son out there and, uh, and he was really into the like, oh, check out this old helmet. Oh, check out. Can I wear this helmet? And the guy's like, yeah, let's put the helmet on you. <laughs> so from that aspect, uh, he really liked it. and. Uh, Oh, yeah, that, that stuff was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just a couple of days ago, some guy called me up. Uh, so I put uh, my XD in 45 on, uh, on town post and so, some guy called me up and it didn't, the call he was you cash right away. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was like, uh, Hey, you got that pistol for sale? I'm like, yeah, which one? Oh, the XD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that one for sale. Would you take 500? I'm like, no, no, I wouldn't. Okay. How much would you take? 600. Okay. Uh, which side of the city are you on? Could I come pick it up today? I was like, have you bought a pistol before? Nope. <laughs> and he said, yeah. I'm like, okay, did you pick it up the same day that time? He's like, well, you know, I was like, I don't think you've bought a pistol before. <laughs> I don't think so. you want to sell him a pistol. No. Well, it just might be some guy who like maybe just got his pal, but I, I yeah. think they cover that in the pal course, right? Like the, the, yeah. the fact that, you know, you have to do this restricted transfer and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't think yeah. he either, or he's a little sketchy. Sorry, yeah, well, it could just could just be a new guy that just doesn't know this stuff and and just assumes it's like buying anything else. I mean, um, you know, but he didn't call back, so. Mm. 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 Yeah. Anyways, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, so on Sunday I went to Belleville to the Belleville Gun Show and I worked the CCFR booth there, so it was lots of fun. Went and did it with Kelly Kincaid and also a couple of new. Uh, field officers for the CCFR as well, Mike and Alan. It was awesome to meet them. They were great. And we also had uh, a junior field officer as well, as well. It was Wes again. So he came out and he helped us. It was really um, kind of cute because what happened was every time somebody passed by the booth, he says, hey, uh, do you, are you a member of the CCFR? And uh, if they said no, he said, why not? He'd say, why not? I want guns <laughs> when I get older too. So, <laughs> Uh, so he guilt tripped a couple of people into buying memberships, which was awesome. Um, 
And what else? Oh, just like you. Yeah. So there's a lot of people there with guns. Uh, some uh, S&J hardware was there as well. So I got to speak with Simon uh, and it was nice to see him. Uh, what else happened? Um, there's a guy, when I asked you about the the magazines, there was a guy there that uh, was selling 1022 uh, Ruger magazines. And uh, I looked at the price of it. I'm going, that's like triple the price that I would pay at SFRC. So I'm not buying it. Um, but I'm just, it's just, and it's in the it's still in the package. I guess he thought he could get more for it because it's new. I don't know. Anyways, um, but um, yeah, so the gun show on Sunday, and I've been doing a bunch of stuff with Project Maple Seed. So for those of you who are interested in events, we actually are ready to open them up. We had just received some stuff back from the ranges. So watch for those soon because the um, posts will go out on those, including the charity shoot too. So. Yeah. And other than that, I don't think I really did anything else because I did dog rescue instead of going to SFRC on Sunday or Saturday. Dog rescue. Yeah. I went and rescued a dog. So I do that in my spare time as well. So was it like falling down a well or, uh, yeah, yeah. it was, it was in a shelter. So, (laughs) you know, took it to someplace to get adopted. Yes. Anyways. Uh, so that was me. Uh, let's look at, uh, let's look at upcoming events. Why don't we? Sure. So, yeah. Since Can I do this, uh, this Northwest three gun one? Absolutely. Why don't you do the Northwest uh, three gun one? All right. Yeah. So Northwest three gun has their schedule up, uh, mm-hmm. March 25th. They'll have their preseason intro in Smithers, mm-hmm. April 20, April 7th. They'll have Smithers as well. May 6th in Houston. That's Houston BC. They're like yes. way in the north of BC, out in the yes, middle of nowhere. They yeah. Are. yeah, I had a conversation with Brent about this. So, yeah, they're pretty far north. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, May 6th in Houston, May 26th in Terrace, June 10th in Smithers, July 7th in Terrace, July 22nd in Houston, August 25th in Smithers, September 22nd in Terrace, October 14th in Houston, and October 28th is their Halloween fun shoot in Smithers. Yeah. Yay. There's yeah. there lots going on. So they are doing they're doing lots with shooting, but yeah, they're pretty far north in BC. Yeah. 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 So it looks like got your six registration is open and the website's up. Do you know who the you posted this? So do you know who is going to be the charity of choice this year? Or do you know? No, I don't uh, know. I should. I really okay. should. All right. Well, we didn't post much to it, so maybe we'll actually uh, expand on it next week. So, yeah. And we did read this last week, but we did did want to remind people about it. Uh, Rick Woods, who's a friend of Slime Fire Radio, who's been on the show before a couple of times. I uh, from he's from Fire Art Solutions Training, which is also a the acronym is FAST. He has an active killer defense course that's planned for April. He's still actually finalizing the date, but uh, go on to his website and it'll be listed there. Uh, location is London, Ontario. Um, it's free for faculty and staff of schools. So you can go and uh, sign up for it for free if you are one of those. For everybody else, the cost is $100, um, but uh, it's a full day of training. It's excellent. I've taken it. Uh, you can go to uh, uh, activekiller. Sorry, activekillerdefense and defense is spelled with an S. dot com, and you can register through there as well. So, or you can send him a, a message. I'm sure on Facebook or something like that. So, yeah. 
it's a really good course. So go and take it if you're uh, in the London area. So uh, let's not, do you want to talk about the charity shoot really at all? No, we hit on it most weeks. Yeah. We so week. when Trevor's back, what we'll do is we'll we'll talk about it a little more in case there's any updates. But as of right now, there's there's not. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, guns in the news or actually news, not necessarily, but guns, but gun. Anyways, news. <laughs> it's gun news. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so what's happened in the news? You posted this guns and gang summit. Yeah, uh, so Tracy's live streaming this from yep. the, the CCFR's Facebook page. So if you want to know about, more about uh, what they're talking about at the Guns and Gangs Summit, um, just go follow the CCFR's Facebook page. And, uh, you know, Tracy's been live streaming it and commenting on it and providing kind of like a live updates online. So uh, right. it's very easy to follow uh, if you want to. And the thing that she's been saying is the fact that instead of it being us against them or or that sort of thing, it's been very cooperative. Uh, everybody is everybody has the same goal in mind. How are we going to actually, you know, uh, get uh, illegal guns off the street and out of the hands of people who are gang members? So yeah, a lot of it was focused on on the actual gang, gang aspect. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, which, which is, is you know should have been. Yeah, <laughs> it seems exactly. like it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But so not everyone. You said everyone wanted to get on the same page. Well, like, yeah. Well, okay. was there and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people has that. Most people. Sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty cooperative. Was, pretty cooperative. Yeah. What I put in the news was, uh, so the Crown is not going to appeal the acquittal of uh, Mr. Stanley out in Saskatchewan. He is still going to be charged with some unsafe storage and that as well. But uh, right now uh, the, uh, the Crown has decided not to appeal his acquittal. So Could you imagine if they did though, because if they did, it would be like, well, you know, we found that the jury found this, but we're going to, you know, try to appeal because we think the jury was wrong. And because our prime minister said that it was the wrong verdict because you guys were all wrong. Like what, what kind of precedent? would that set? Well, they decided not to actually appeal because of the fact that when the, you appeal, you have to actually appeal based on something that was done incorrectly. And mm-hmm. uh, they said, that uh, basically they couldn't find that, so they're not going to appeal. They wouldn't yeah. win in yeah. in in this case right now. So I I think that they're they've decided to just drop that and go after you know unsafe storage or, or and the other charges. So yeah. Um, anything else? Want to move on to new gun stuff? Um, oh, you put in the see. you put in the IRG right. Yeah, so um, I Run Guns is going to be bringing in their own uh, AR-180B. Uh, they haven't given too much details on it, but uh, they're going to bring it out to the Calgary Gun Show, which is in three weeks or so. So there's nothing really on it? No details? No, no, not really any details on it. Um, but interesting because they are bringing one in and Wolverine's bringing one in. And if there's a couple of others that start bringing them in, that's our new platform, right? Our new platform in Canada, our open source platform uh, for a non-restricted semi-auto rifle uh, de facto becomes the AR-180B. Um, that's that's kind of interesting because that means that we then get accessory makers that uh, mm-hmm. that start supporting it. And we start to get a lot more, uh, imagine like the, the 
amount of 18.5 and over barrels that we're going to start seeing, right? We're going to start seeing match grade. We're going to start seeing lightweight, skinny ones. We're going to see heavy ones. We're going to see uh, different kinds of handguards. So, yeah. I mean, the, the handguards that you get for uh, uh, for ARs are typically yes. like you're going to use it at the range and that's it. Right. Um, now, if I get a non-restricted AR-180B, uh, I want something that, if I'm going to go hunting with it, isn't in aluminum. Because I don't know if you've if you've tried, but like with with three gun is in, in as cold a weather as, as we've shot, uh, holding even with a glove on, holding that big aluminum block, you really oh. feel it. You really feel it. It transfers yep. a ton of heat out of your hand. Uh, so if I get uh, an air uh, WK one eighty C or what do they there they call it, um, I need something that's not aluminum. I need something either with the the ladder covers or in carbon fiber or rubber or plastic or something, because I want something that's nice to hold in the wintertime. Um, well, it is Alberta. Yeah, it's, it's cold here. It's cold. When, I, when I'm coyote <laughs> hunting, it's, it's cold. <laughs> uh, let's see. I probably also, I would look at something in camo. So like Remington brought their R15 up to Canada. It's a camo long barrel AR15. What's the point? Like, what's the point? You're taking this thing to the range. You're taking a camel rifle. The only thing you can do with it is take it to the range. It right. looks like a hunting rifle. It can't possibly be used as a hunting rifle. But the WK-180 can. So you can use that for varmint hunting. You can use that for, um, you know, big game where, where applicable kind of a thing. So uh, so you start, yeah, I, I guess I'd want it camouflaged, I guess. For yes. Alberta, yeah, I, I might do like some sort of snow and branches kind of a camo because I'm typically hunting when there's, you know, when it's frigidly cold outside snow. and there's snow. Yeah, yeah, so I might do like a white and black branch stripey kind of a thing on it. I don't know. I just I was just thinking about this actually the other day because um, uh, there was a, a Reddit thread about people talking about what they want to do with their uh, the 180Bs and, and who's going to be supporting and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I was giving me my two cents, but there was actually, um, Spectre Ballistics was mentioning in there. Mm -hmm. They're working on a couple of things for the platform. Uh, one of which would be maybe like a bolt release, which would be kind of cool right now. That'd be cool. Yes. Yeah. Just uses a handle and uh, uh, along with a couple of other things, maybe like a folding, uh, stock, which you can do because it's not an AR. It doesn't need that buffer to go into the back. So you could do yeah. a folding stock on it to make it a little bit more compact, which is nice for putting in a case or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a bunch of interesting things that happen because of that. Do you know the dates of the Calgary gun show? Uh, based on I run guns three weeks from now. Mm, okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my very uneducated guess three okay. weeks from now. Are you making a point of going right? Uh -uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, you know what? In three weeks, let's see here. One, two, three. That's going to be my, uh, no wait, that's not how you count. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> maybe I guess Calgary isn't that far. Maybe I can make a trip out. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe. All right. Yeah. yeah maybe. It'd be cool to actually get you know some of the new guns that are coming out. Have a look. Ah, yeah, Come you're on. right. I should go down there and take some pictures with it and stuff. Yeah, you should go. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. All right. So why don't we go on to S and J? We did. We already spoke about SNJ, right? Uh, not this one. They've got this Taurus yeah. PT92 Compact. Yep. Have you seen these before? Well, I'm just looking at it right now. So yeah. imagine like a, a, a Beretta 92, yep. but in 
compact and chrome chrome everything chrome yes <laughs> so they said it's either uh, chrome plated or it's stainless so yeah or yeah. both so. is it stainless did i did i write stainless i'm pretty sure no, no in this one's st- oh chrome stainless so some of it chrome some of it stainless yep i and, see and so the pictures that they have on this is actual this is what they actually have so hmm. yep they're 4.99 which is not a lot it, nope. But it is a Taurus. Yeah. Taurus pistols do not have a fantastic name. No. But it's four ninety nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yep. Yeah. The the, uh, the next one here, Fast Toys, is bringing in the this uh, really interesting laser ammo interactive multi target training system. It's like a bunch of targets that all work with their uh, with lasers to uh, see where you're hitting them. So you can, uh, they've got like a traditional IPSC target and you shoot at the IPSC target and it'll like light up a little light where you hit that target. Um, so a couple of, uh, couple of interesting things there. And uh, yeah, they've got a bunch of different targets that you can purchase and all use as a system kind of thing. So if you wanted to, so what's that? What's the price on these? I did not see the price. Hmm. So there's a, there's a video that goes with it. 129, but I don't know how many that comes with. Four cards per target. How many targets? We should look this up before our show. Prices yeah, per target. Ah, uh, there we go. Yep. 129 yep. per target. Okay. Standalone steel plate shooting tactical training. Yeah, just some more okay. neat stuff to you know try uh, if you're going to be doing some dry firing. Lasers. Laser tried. No dry fire. Laser fire. Fire. Somebody <laughs> needs to buy one and then do a. Do a uh, review on it and let us know how you like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Taurus is bad. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Dan. <laughs> is, that, is that what someone commented on the YouTube? Yes. <laughs> Taurus, Taurus is bad. Is bad. <laughs> uh, there's a video. So no, not their 92s. Um, they had some other uh, firearms that they made. One of the other the other pistols. Um, I saw a video of someone just shaking it. And it would fire every time you shook it violently, <laughs> which uh, is not something you want in your pistol. Not really. I don't think so. I don't know. No, probably not. Yeah. So we are at uh, the point where we're going to have our main topic. Um, our main topic's not available right now. So why don't we go on to listener feedback? Cool. Oh, man. So if you're looking for 9mm right now, Tenda has it for 250 per thousand. Really? Which brand? Blazer. Oh, okay. Well, Blazer. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it's for pistol ammo. I haven't had any problems with it. Yep, that's brass too. That's not like that crappy aluminum stuff that they have, or uh, anything like that, or steel, or re- remanufactured, or anything. It's just new brass. New brass. Yep. All right. So for tonight's main topic, we have Canadian Rimfire Precision Series with Rick Antonio. Hi, Rick. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having us on tonight. No problem. Not a problem. Uh, so Rick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, the fact that you're one of my peeps with Project Maple Seed, am, but also... I'm, I'm one of your Maple Seed peeps. I am a uh, competitor, been competing in service rifle, uh, both long course and CQB and IPSC for the last three years. Love that sport and been with Maple Seed only a year and change, but it feels like it's forever part of my life <laughs> <laughs> and, and will continue to be for a while. So yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. 
All right. So you have something new that you're doing. Uh, it's the we Canadian Precision Series. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? How did it come about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so as you know, as part of what we were trying to do at uh, Project Maple Seed is kind of build that core of, of fundamentals and marksmanship instruction across the country. And then I guess as a, as a next level, you know, where do people go to, mm -hmm. to have a that next level of uh, challenge? And I think that uh, we were trying to figure out what is the best way to, to kind of drive people into that. And I got into PRS a couple of years ago and I found that, you know, it's fun, it's challenging, but really for most people, it, it's kind of a, out of their reach because there isn't really anything catered to someone who just wants to start off with a, with a basic setup and get on, yep. the, get on the range and, and start, you know, figuring out what, what, uh, what it's all about. So as, as part of that, we, uh, I, I got together, I started talking just like we did with Maple Seed. I talked to Andrew Don and uh, yep. Will Gold, who are also Maple Seed Riflemen, said, hey, what do you think if we start one up? And I know that uh, uh, the guys who run the CFB Valcartier Club uh, started PRS last year. Uh -huh. And I talked to them to see if there's maybe a, an opportunity for us to kind of do back-to-back -back events and maybe a rimfire if there was interest. And they said, sure, we, we'd love to be part of that. So uh, we kind of just like, like in Maple Seed, we looked at each other and said, well, if we're going to do it, why don't we just do it? And and there it is. So um, it's it was launched in at the end of January, incorporated as a nonprofit group, and our goal is to have six events across the country this year to give kind of Canadians an opportunity to to try it out and and see what they like and what they don't like and what they know and what they don't know. And okay. Just to give them the opportunity. So I have a question for you. And now yeah. this is the Canadian Rimfire precision series is there an american version or any other versions there, of it or there are there there's been a couple of a uh, couple of initiatives that started in the states and the, the i know the first one that i heard of was the um there was a series running in utah the long range match i think that was mm -hmm. primarily rimfire mm -hmm. and then recently i heard of the nrl the national rimfire league i believe 22 okay. and what their format is is their goal is to get individual ranges to subscribe to a particular kit and they publish a monthly course of fire similar to our monthly challenge challenges and made and folks can can shoot the challenge submit their scores and be part of a national uh, national league uh -huh. uh, the difference there is that they typically go out to a maximum of 100 meters where we didn't want to step on their toes and we figured that clubs here also are going to be are able to participate in nrl 22 so we thought that the next level would be you know past that there isn't a lot of of um long distance or ultra long distance rimfire. And we're still trying to figure out exactly what the limits are of that, that rimfire ammunition. So, okay. yeah, so there's a few. And then uh, I think Ely last year sponsored a, um, a rimfire match, very uh, almost exact same format as ours in West Virginia, Peacemaker. And okay. I think this year Lapu was taking over the series and they're having four events across the States. Okay. Yeah. So do you think, uh, so with uh, this, it's based off of, uh, precision rifle shooting, right? Yeah, but it's rimfire. It's, it's so exactly it's little, the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same format. So yeah. it's a little bit more affordable. It's definitely more affordable. So if, if you if you look at what it costs to get into a a uh, PRS, you can you can get a you know a standard three hundred eight with a decent scope. You're in it for you know maybe three thousand, two thousand, mm -hmm. three thousand plus ammo, which is maybe a buck around or sixty cents around. Uh, for us, we we have the same exact challenging format through barricades and steel, varying distances and and time stages. But it's a twenty two, so you know we're 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 rarely going to shoot over hundred rounds. So okay. for for a good box of mm -hmm. Match ammo, it's going to be, I don't know, 
10, 15 bucks, 20, 20 bucks, 25, if you really want to go for the, for the ultimate. But again, it's really what, what we've learned, what works best in your rifle is not always the most expensive. So, right. So no, no 17 HMR or 17, no 17 HMR. It's 22 long rifle only. So it's a, it's a single, single caliber. So there's no, you know, we don't want to get into the gamer side where oh someone's shooting a 17 HMR. So it doesn't have to worry about bullet drop for the next 200 <laughs> yards compared to 22, which plummets like a rock after 150. Right. So, yeah. So how, what's the distance that you're going out to? So right now we're, we're playing around with it. Uh, for us, typically we'll start our course of fire at, at hundred meters. And okay. then right now we have a, we have a mini invitational match this weekend to, to kind of dial in. So we, we've invited a, a bunch of uh, pro and, and amateur shooters to see just how far we can get them uh, to hit steel reliably. So our okay. course of fire right now goes to 325 uh, meters. Okay. Uh, with most of the targets at one or two stages are, are past 300. Most of them are between 100, 150, 200, 250. Okay. And uh, kind of just a smattering of, of targets in them. All right. How many, uh, how many, how much, how many, how much MOA are you going to get out <laughs> 300? Yeah. At 300, you're, you're between 40 and 50 MOA. Ooh. So you're going to need a, you're probably going to need a 20 MOA base yeah. and like a decent scope too, yes. right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of where we, we want to, and we've, we've heard some comments from, from a couple of guys who, who know the inherent uh, issues with expecting consistent results of, of dialing to the edges of your uh, uh, turret elevate elevators and, and getting it back. So sometimes you'll be off an MOA or two. And, and those are the things we, we want to try out. So we're going to benchmark it this mm. weekend and see just how reliable, if we can kind of push it in, maybe get it to 250 to 300, have it really challengeable, challenging without, without causing people to fall off that, that reliability edge. You know, right. that it's built into some of those uh, lower end scopes. And that's the other part is that we want to have a, a match that caters to both complete rookies with some knowledge of, of ballistics and, and knowing how to dial it. And also the, uh, the PRS guys that want to use their trainer rifle and right. be exactly like match conditions, except for the cost and the equipment, but everything else is going to be exactly the same. So well, and the range would be easier too, right? Cause if it's like 300 meters, like there's a lot more ranges out there that can go up to 300 meters versus yeah. I mean, PRS. You probably need something that goes up to like eight, right? Oh, well, you typically shoot over a kilometer sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit Sorry. further. So that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So the guys that actually like those pros that you're talking about, the ones yeah. that use the 22 trainers, uh, they're going to, do you think they're going to have a little bit more of an edge up on everybody else? I think they'll have more experience, right? Yeah. They'll know what to do. I think the, the, what, what the pros have learned is how not to miss the same way twice. Mm -hmm. Whereas, whereas, you know, when I started, it was, I'm going to keep playing the same. I'm going to keep shooting the same <laughs> Because I did yeah. something wrong, hoping that you know something's going to happen miraculously, and I'm going to make make hits. So yeah. I think that's that's the biggest advantage, and also you know uh, mental management, time management, and you know how do right. I how do I approach what's a strategy and that that pressure of time. You know, like maple seed, build that solid base and then work off of that. But you know what happens when the clock starts ticking? All the fundamentals go out the window, right? Yes. So yeah, I do know that. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about the equipment they need? So they need obviously a twenty-two rifle, correct? Yeah. Yep. Bolt action or semi? What's so the what's the right one to go for? The here? first thing is you have to decide what division you want to be in. Let's talk about earlier. So we have a production division, which uh -huh. which we put some limits so that we can we can have everyone who's got a basic rimfire rifle and, and a decent scope. So what we do there is that we we limit the the purchase price MSRP to five hundred dollars okay. for production plus another $500 for your optics. So you okay. should be able to get some reasonable um, equipment that'll, that'll be reliable to a certain distance. 
right? And that's MSRP on that MSRP. So what we'll that do is time, right? Yeah, not that times not not 19, 1962 okay. when you can get an on when you bought it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, so that's that's five hundred dollars, and and so there are some, so. Also, very minimal mods are allowed. There's no monkeying around with a trigger. There's no changing the 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 bolt or anything else. It's really meant to be stock. Okay. Right? That's that's the goal. That's the spirit of the law is to make it competitive for the guys that want to bring their son out or their daughter or their wife and they have a 22 with a decent scope and they know something about ballistics and they just want to have fun. Try okay. out the PRS game. Right? So... Uh, so that's that's production, and uh, also the, the the differences between production and the other division open is that you're mm -hmm. only allowed to use one bag, so that you don't get the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man guys okay, okay. Yep. Uh, in, in production, and mm -hmm. you're not allowed to use a tripod. Mm. You can use a bipod, and you limit it to one bag. That means you can have eight bags with you. Choose the but right only, one if you want, but only use one for one. that stage. Yeah. All right. So. That's only in the production. production correct. Okay, so open your it's un unlimited. You want to spend ten thousand dollars on your rimfire? Go ahead. If you want to bring eight bags, twenty bags, and in a tripod, it's meant to say I'm going to run exactly what I would run in a in a, a full bore PRS match to try it out and then get more practice under match match conditions. Except with a twenty two, that's all we're changing. Okay, yeah. so there's no. So let's say I wanted to change out my trigger just to make it a little crisper and. If that's the only thing I change, I still have to go into you go into open open because yeah, okay. it constitutes an unfair advantage for those guys who just bought that Ruger ten twenty two with a five pound trigger or a Marlin seven ninety five with a seven pound trigger. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's the goal. All right. So out the playing field. How much? How much does time come into this? Because so is yeah, is time like a really important thing, or is it not an important thing? Because if it's an important thing, you have to get a semi. If it's not an oh, important thing, really a bolt not. is fine, right? Yeah, it's not quite as bad as a, a maple seed qualification test. So you've got typically 120 seconds for 10 rounds. Okay. Right? Mm. And so sometimes you'll have a prone position where you're just shooting at far far targets, or you'll have a barricade with five different position changes with two rounds per position. Okay. So um, what's the tip? So you have some stages that have been designed. So what yeah. so is what can somebody expect? They're going so, to So yeah, so there's just like in a PRS match, you'll have a, a know your limits rack. So typically okay. you'll be on a on a on a fairly stable position, either prone or on a tabletop, and you're you're looking at descending size targets from three inches down to half an inch or down to an inch. Okay. Uh, between 75 and 100 meters, you'll have a the standard troop line stage where you've got four or five targets arrayed, maybe 200 yards down uh, in increments of 25 yards, kind of on a troop line, kind of like the um, uh, the Mad Minute targets that we we have mm -hmm. at Maple Seed, except it's in it's in real steel moving out, you know, 100 yards in distance. Okay. Right. So somebody has to actually. So with that, um, yeah. so somebody's going to have to put into everything all together, right? So they're going to have to know their limits, but they also look at ballistics, look cool. at wind, everything. Wind, come up. wind is the huge, huge factor. So, and a yeah. 22, out yeah. 300, right? You have to know how to read wind, right? Yeah, it's, it's several hundred inches of drop at yeah. uh, 300. I mean, three or 400 inches, I think, or 244. I can't remember the exact number, mm -hmm. but it's, it's significant. And I think the, uh, so again, the, the goal isn't, to zero everyone and the goal isn't that everyone scores 100 percent what we're right. trying to develop and again we're we're still learning just like in maple seed we, we kind of go on and, and see what works and then change what doesn't and, and keep, kind of keep improving that's why we're having that that match this weekend to see well mm -hmm. what is the practical limit for most of the people 
right? What we do expect is that the open guys will struggle. No, that the production guys will struggle in, in some stages, but mm-hmm. more often than not, uh, they'll they'll hit fifty to seventy percent hit factor is is the mm-hmm. goal around there. So the half okay. of the group will be in that fifty to seventy percent range. And uh, the open guys, I think we'd expect them to do a little bit better from sixty to to eighty, maybe. So there's there's gonna be some misses. You'll 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 probably zero some stages because you called the wind wrong or or you didn't dial up correctly or you just had a a bad stage, right? Okay. Yeah. I do have some question about matches. You said that there's one that's like an inv- invite to this yeah. weekend to try things out. But go ahead. No, it's it's uh, so again we we wanna we wanna shake down the the course of fire just to see where where things stand in kind of in our minds because we we did some informal testing that we were able to hit steel. 40% of the time at 300 meters. Mm-hmm. Know, from, on top How big of is the steel? A nine inch plate. Okay. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's a three arm away target. So, but, yeah. so what we did was we increased that by 50% and, and then we'll see. So we'll see. So we've got a good range of folks. So it's a, it's a, it's a shorter match. It's an eight stage match versus the standard 10. Uh, yeah. We've got okay. uh, 10, 10 people coming this weekend to, mm-hmm. uh, to try it out. And then we'll we'll see. I think most people should have no problems out to 275, 250. I think that's that's a typical sweet spot. We had we had some, you know, I had a a 12-year-old shooter on the line last weekend that we were doing, and, and he was he was hitting steel at, at 250, you know, once we had dialed it in. He was so excited, wasn't he? He was he was he was very happy. He was very happy. So that's awesome. It was a lot of fun. So we, we got what do you guys fun. um what are you guys using to score hits on on steel at that distance? Do you have like a, a blinker or something like that? That yeah, so, so, yes. <laughs> so we've got a couple of uh, R and D teams working on this. Actually, it's Kevin Latham. Uh, he built a uh, <laughs> yes. a vibration a vibration sensing Arduino setup yes. with uh, a couple oh, of LEDs wired to it. And uh, so we were we tested that last weekend at 300 meters, and it's, it's fairly visible. You know, people who didn't know it was there kind of okay spot the target and being oh hey did you guys put a light on there and said yeah yeah so so at 300 huh. meters it's still visible now under overcast conditions. I don't know what it's going to be like in bright sun, um, but we'll see. Okay, so, so far so good. I tested it in bright sun. Yeah, and it worked. It worked pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. I think the and also you can hear the hits depending on yeah, how can. many hits and how wide the firing yeah. line is going to be. It it typically you're not going to see a lot of movement. That's the thing. So you got. Did we lose it? Oh, just hold on a second here. Obviously, the, the 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 less you're going to see that swing. So steel on a steel hook is the best. Uh, steel on a rubber rubber conveyor belt kind of absorb it, and a, yeah. and a bolted steel just doesn't move at all. So. No. But do you really think that you're going to see a lot of movement uh, with a 22? You will. So we you were think? testing a, a five-inch plate at 200 meters, and we were still getting it to roll around. You guys are using a thinner piece of steel. Yeah, you guys aren't right using now. a big you're chunk not, of Air 500. Yeah, yeah. you're we're, not. We're using the, the largest steel we've got is 3.8, or actually we have okay. one 10 mil. But mm-hmm. we're actually playing around with 3.16 AR 450. So that's yeah. the next batch that we're going to get just to get a quite ring nice, right? right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a, a nicer ring and, and maybe a little bit more movement. So we'll yeah. we'll know by this weekend. We should have a few of them this weekend to try out. Cool. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be cool. So tell us yeah. a bit some of these matches that you've set up. You said that you were you're hoping to have six across the country. Yeah. So, so. Our, our first our first full scheduled match is uh, on April 29th at uh, CFB Valcartier. Uh, the same same range that they're having their full bore PRS match at the day before, or it's a PRS practice actually, 
And that's what we're going to set up after their practice. And then we'll be shooting on the same range. It's a beautiful, wide open valley, you know, nestled in the hills. It's very picturesque. And the winds are treacherous, which is even more, more exciting. <laughs> for, for folks. Yeah. But again, what's nice is you don't need a, a high power scope because it's only 300 meters. So a three, right. by, three by nine or a two and a half to 10 is, is more than enough to, to see it. So. Just something exactly. that's repeatable on clicks yeah, and exactly. has the yeah. uh, clarity and uh, and Correct. whatnot. Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's 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 the thing. Uh, so that's uh, April 29th. Uh, uh-huh. The other the other two that we're working on confirming are uh, one is in Merritt, BC, and the other one is in uh, Tabor, Alberta. Okay. Uh, first first and second weekend in August. I can't remember which ones which. The fourth and the eleventh of August are, are the are the other two events that we're trying to finalize right now. Okay. Cool. And we'll have um, two in Ontario, and then one more in Quebec, and that should be that should be it, it for the year. But again, uh, you know, if if someone comes up with uh, a range out east that we could you know quickly drive out to and, and set up, you know, once once you've had one or two under your belt, it's it's pretty easy to just uh, yeah. Just I remember what we said about Maple Seed only having four twenty five. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it was good. It was good. We learned we learned a lot, and that's kind of what yeah, what, what was helpful here as well. Yeah. Is that I'm not intimidated by kind of what we had to do because, you know, we we've already gone through the, the learning curves of of all of the setting up and contacts right. and yeah. So one of the things that I this isn't associated with Maple Seed, however, Maple Seed is endorsing it, and uh, Rick is actually. Uh, we just wanted to to because there's been a little bit of confusion about it whether it's yes. a Maple Seed event or correct. Yeah. Right? Some of the same characters being involved right. there. Yeah. yeah. And part of the decision to separate it was that, you know, the, the finances and the funding should be separate. So the people don't get alarmed that Maple Seed's now funding a competitive series and there's trophies and there's prizes right. and, and all of that stuff. We, we wanted to be very clear that there are two separate organizations with two separate bank accounts and, and uh, you'll be, you'll be seeing our fundraising event shortly because we, <laughs> these things cost money apparently. Yes, they do. <laughs> so so. Uh, you did say that they, did you have separate sponsors who are yeah. some of the sponsors that are involved awesome. in it as yeah. well? Right now uh, we've got uh, Gong Joe. Uh, he's a steel uh, target manufacturer out of uh, Quebec. Cool. Uh, so he's our, our major target sponsor. He's providing uh, all of the match targets, not not for this weekend. We've got a mishmash of different things to try out. But uh, mm-hmm. once the, the first event starts, he'll be providing all of them. So um, thanks to, to Gong Joe for, for stepping up and providing that. Uh, the other one is MDT. MDT is also a sponsor of ours. Uh, the mm-hmm. most recent one we, we sent out today was the Chamber Flags are MDT sponsored. So thanks, MDT, for keeping us all safe and uh and uh, sound on on the uh, on the event. Um, DLASK is also uh, signing up to be a sponsor for uh, for the BC match. They have a new exciting rifle coming out. That uh, all I can That's say is exciting. they have a new ri- exciting rifle that is going to revolutionize uh, rimfire precision. Is, is, really, uh, is what Lee said. So huh. uh, we also okay. have Tesco in uh, Ottawa. They're a provider of ammo and uh, equipment for air rifle and small bore rifles so they're a sponsor as well and let me think who else i think uh, i'm trying to remember who else is on that list i think that's uh it for now okay yeah. so- i was just looking through cgn to see if i could find a, a bushnell 10x uh, one of their elites because the, they have okay glass for the price yeah. <laughs> but i can't find anything right now <laughs> yeah well, maybe maybe sell something and yeah because that's, no? that's under the 500 limit oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it would have really decent glass on it, and the clicks on it aren't bad either. 
So I've got uh, I've got a Norinco NS522 that's accurate oh, nice. uh, bolt action, but nice. I mod out the trigger a little bit. Okay. It might have a three ounce trigger, so it's probably yeah. not uh, not kosher anymore for what you've got. Um, but oh well. yeah. Uh, production, is there any modifications that we can do that would be okay? Let's talk. Yes. Yeah. So, so for production, you can you can do the cheek rest mod because okay. you want the rifle to fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, uh, if you're running a 1022, you can do the auto bolt mod. You can okay. do the Good. buffer. You can do mm-hmm. the extended mag release. Because um, those don't really give you an advantage, don't, they don't, right? Yeah. yeah, they don't really give you an advantage. It's more of safety and, and ease of use. Right. You know, and there's enough generous time that it's not really a significant advantage as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but if, so, oh, that's, so about it. let's say yeah. somebody does do a modification to the trigger. How do you test that? Or do you, I mean, so do part, you really? of, part, part of it is, you know, the first thing we do is a visual inspection of, of the production rifles. Okay. You know, if, if we can see that you've, you know, you've bettered the action, <laughs> right? That's the first giveaway that we're not dealing with a stock mm-hmm. rifle. Uh-huh. The next thing we do is we 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 dry fire it in, in the safe area just to make sure that it's, you know, we know that Ruger 1022s have a four to five pound trigger, right? right? If you're pulling at two pounds or or three pounds, it's probably not a stock trigger. Uh-huh. Right? And again, the goal is to, you know, do you really want to beat that small family that just showed up here because they want to have a nice morning? Is, is that what's <laughs> going to make you happy? You know? No, no. No, it's so again, not. Well, yeah, speak again, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, but that's, that's the goal. Again, we're not, not going to be, you know, overly, overly rigid. Again, the goal is to have fun and not not put too much stress on people. If if you want to play that game, we're, we'll, you know, it's we're we're not here to to waste our our day, you know, val- validating and confirming people. We're just out there to have fun and, and give people a, a good value for their money. You know, yeah. be under the competitive pressure of a of a real PRS match. The only difference is the equipment, right? right? In fact, it's probably harder than regular PS because, you know, it's your your equivalent to shooting out to twelve hundred meters, right, with a three hundred eight. When you're trying to hit a target at at, at three or three hundred fifty with a rimfire, maybe right. even more. So, yeah, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. It should be it should be an exciting. Uh, a stressful day for everybody and, uh, <laughs> for, the right re- for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we expect to see a lot of newbies. So part of the thing that we want to be cautious of is that we're probably going to be a little bit more vigilant and safety uh, uh-huh. for for these matches than than a typical PRS match because we will expect a lot of of new shooters coming on the line. So it will be very um, more more rigid and more controlled in terms right. of of how many people are walking around to make sure we've got chamber flags on and, right. and no one's uh, no one's being. So the reality that. is that people can actually go out to these practice and then and then flip over to the precision rifle series as well. It gives they them could, more yeah. opportunity yeah. to go and shoot, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the cost of the day, the, the matches, you know, maybe oh, a quarter of the price, and the ammo is is a fraction of the price, mm-hmm. right? Bucks instead of, of so, two hundred or hundred. Well, what is the cost to go uh, right participate? Now, the, yeah, the match is set up at fifty dollars. That's so, really cheap. Yeah, compared to what you get, you'll oh, get. It's not cheap. It's 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 more affordable than than other it's, or it's on par with other other sporting events that are out there. Mm-hmm. And again, if yep. you want to do one a year, then that's that's probably you know you know it's it's really the cost of ammo and the equipment that is the huge savings, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a a thousand dollar gun or a thousand dollar scope or five hundred dollars in practice ammo, right? Mm-hmm. It's fifty bucks and ten bucks for 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 the you know fifty bucks for your season's practice and and ten bucks for the match ammo. Or, or right. 15 bucks if you want to splurge. Yeah. And it'll allow you to actually get out there, take something that you actually already probably own, get out there and try mm-hmm. it out, see if you like it. And yeah. if you do, then you can actually, uh, you know, 
upgrade the equipment and do that's the it. actual precision series as well. So that's that's it. And you get to practice things like reading wind and and all yeah. that as well. That, that's, I think that's the the other great part is because we'll have a lot of uh, a lot of great shooters or good shooters on the line. And and part of the what I love about the competition is how how, how helpful everybody is. So mm-hmm. when when someone's got a good solid wind reading up front, they'll pass it down down the line, and you kind of learn through osmosis. And if you have questions, right. someone's there, or you see, you know, hey, what bag is that, or or hey, what ammo carrier is that, or hey, where'd you get those mags, or where'd you get that ammo, mm-hmm. or how are you sliding in? So it's really yeah. meant to be uh, as informative as it is competitive at the mm-hmm. same time. And yeah. kind of build camaraderie and also build that circle of friends that are similarly mind that you can connect with after and say, Hey, let's, let's go practice. Or what are you doing? Or your new Facebook friends that becomes your, your lifelong shooting buddy. Right. That's which a, is, that's, that's a which possibility. Is, which it's is the happening. awesome part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, where can people actually reach you? So I know that you have both website and Facebook. Yeah. You have yeah. Primarily, so, a lot of our interaction is on the uh, Facebook group. So if you just search for Canadian Rimfire Precision Series, there's a group and a page. So the page is kind of the, the main hanging point. And then when, once you find the group, uh, request to join. It is a closed group. Uh, right now, I think we're about uh, 300 members, 200, 280 wow. members. Yeah. So and there's a lot, a lot of a uh, lot of experienced shooters in there. So it's 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 fun to watch. You know the. Uh, the, the very competitive PRS guys start to talk about the equipment that they're bringing to these rimfire matches. Basically, they're, they're, they're running, you know, equal, equal cost. They're not saving any money. <laughs> Except yeah, no. And that's going to yeah. be the fun, you know, it's just to see, you know, Schmidt and Bender scopes and, and Vortex AMGs on, on Savages or, or CZ455s and, and uh, whatnot. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I think what, what what I can't wait to see is tally up the results, see what what ammo, what rifles, what scopes are 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 being used and kind of where they place in the pack, just yeah, so we can get some, some solid evidence. I think it's the first time in Canada that we're going to get that kind of information. It's going to be uh, informative for a lot of people. Right. Hmm. Yeah. There's a lot more shooting events out there now for for people. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they you know they're able to take part in this they're able to ta- take part in the actual precision rifle series or yep. maple seed whatever so there's lots of new stuff that's coming out and yeah. it's just making our our community grow that much more and rick you are actually a huge part of that so i just wanted to say thank you too oh, you're welcome. You're, welcome. you're so invested in this and you're so passionate about it it's absolutely great to yeah. see well andrew yeah. don and, and will golder are mm-hmm. also part of the team. i'm kind of just the one that was able to make it tonight so those guys are are uh are strong strong contributors and, and supporters and and uh, yeah they are and they're yeah. also amazing shooters as well they are they are yeah, yeah. so wh- you're gonna you're gonna bring this out to alberta you're gonna do a shoot in uh tabor um are are you going to make it so that they're going to be doing shoots out here under that same branding or that that kind of style shoot mm-hmm. because just one is like not satisfying enough yeah, for me. There's, like, there's, huh? a, there's actually a uh, Southern Alberta Precision Rifle League, SAPRL, mm-hmm. that's already doing a uh, rimfire shoot. Mm. Also, there's one in Medicine Hat, I think in July. So if you look up the SAPRL, they do their standard PRS style uh, and also the rimfire as well. So I think they shoot out of, uh, I think they're shooting at Tabor and they're also shooting out at, uh, can't remember the Milo. Milo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they had a couple of events there as well. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, got to get that up north here. And I think you know, uh, it's we're we're not, you know, we're not trying to trademark this. The, the goal is that hey guys, if you want a league start up, I, you know, we publish the course of firing. We know that people think that's proprietary information, but you know what? If if it helps people 
create more opportunities for people to shoot then, then go for it i mean we're, we're not we're not trying to get rich off this we're just trying to fund fund the events so that we can do more right mm-hmm. That's the goal. and uh, try and build up that base of shooters that maple seed is churning out and get them to that next level and maybe they'll go into the the full bore as tactical teacher does his precision rifle clinics or cqb or three gun or you know it's just it's just fun you know i think yep. i think uh uh, I can't wait to see kind of where it goes. It's getting to the point where you have to actually start choosing between which, what event you're going to be going to. Or the choice will be made for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking, oh, for, for, I'm, I'm talking public about general. public. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I've got a CQB match on the 24th and then I've got to be, <laughs> I'm range office yeah. for next weekend. So, and then maple seed season starts in April yeah. and then, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's, it's, it's it's getting there. I think uh, what we hope what we hope to build is that that groundswell of opportunities for people to a learn and then b implement what they've learned, whether it's room fire or center fire. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you're absolutely right. You can take what you've learned in Maple Seed, you can, and now they're going to get excited about something else, whether it's the no distance yeah. or it's whether the precision room fire yeah. series, right. and then they can go on to full bore, and then yeah. yeah. Or, so. or stay in, or stay in twenty two. Those are the those are yeah. the things. I mean, you've got all the Olympic shooters shooting twenty twos, uh-huh. like biathlon guys. Those guys are nuts. <laughs> why don't you go? Why yeah. don't you go cross country ski for ten k and then shoot in between? All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, Adriel, got anything else for Rick? I got a million questions for him, but I think I might do those uh, after the show here. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But if people do have questions for you, Rick, uh, they can contact you on the Facebook page or, yeah, or send an on- email info at rimfireprecision.ca. Uh, that's also our website. That's the other the other uh, way to kind of find out more about what we're doing. So we'll try and post to, to both, but typically conversations are, are that's what that's the beautiful part about Facebook is you can have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thanks right. for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. Sorry that Andrew and Will couldn't make it tonight. Yeah, I was kind of actually hoping to actually speak to to Andrew. I knew Andrew was trying to make it, and and Will as well. Yeah, so. we're all, we're all scrambling to to get ready for that match on Saturday. So it's last hmm. minute, last minute shopping and fabricating and welding and all kinds of stuff running. Yeah, behind, behind the behind the curtains. So awesome. Good. Well, thanks for coming on. Yep, you're welcome. All right, let's get into with listener feedback. Why don't you take this one from Bob Adriel? All right. Hey, guys and gal. Got the swag for being a Patreoni today. Woohoo! This is me way too excited. <laughs> so I got out some air guns and shot some stuff. All Upstairs right. neighbors thinks I am stapling stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> Love the envelope. Been some time since I got mail from a kid. Way to get the kids involved, Adriel. And sorry on multiple levels if that's your printing. <laughs> From Bob. Yes, I'd go over to a friend's house, but since they are never sure what I might do, they won't have me over. <laughs> All right. It was my kid writing the envelopes. <laughs> he does. He has yeah. a little. He has a sweatshop with the kids. You know. Show them. Yeah, getting a little uh, a little mail house sweatshop going. <laughs> yeah. But I made is. them I made them mark off the names on a spreadsheet. I made them use Google Sheets to keep track of who got it or not. I made them use email to to find the addresses. Oh yeah, I use this as a learning opportunity and I didn't have to do it. No. And he sends us <laughs> pictures of the kids doing it. It's awesome. 
<laughs> putting them to work. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's nice. He's right. It's nice to get mail, right? And it's especially nice to get mail from kids. You can tell, yeah, if it was your writing. I've gotten an envelope <laughs> with your kids writing on it. It's. I, I had hoped it was your kids too, so. Yeah. Um, for, for the other Patreonies, you should all have your patch and sticker in the mail. So if you haven't gotten one, e- uh, please email us. Email us at the show so that we can uh, uh, get one out to you. Slamfireradio yeah. at gmail.com. I want to know, I take this one from James B. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's ginger snap. All right. Uh, the kids are getting frustrated with your malcontent attitude, Trevor. Uh, they're just looking for a shout out. Even the talented mothers is asking questions. What's wrong with that, man? Uh, see you Friday at dawns and keep your Richard and advice. So everyone, this is our, uh, this is James B. James Burke, uh, also known as Ginger Snap. He sent in a video of his uh, daughters and uh, they're looking for uh, a shout out. So when we get to the shout out stage, Trevor's not here today. So we will mm-hmm. give them both a shout out because Trevor sucks. Oh, I said that aloud. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Edmonds, or Edmund, why don't you take the one from Edmund? You bet. Okay. Hi, guys. I heard from your last episode about the banning of imports of one-handed opening knives. You guys mentioned a link to the petition in the show notes, but I can't see it on your website. Is this one you're talking about? Edmund. And I must have missed putting it into the show notes, so I've added it to our last show, and I'll put it in this one as well. Excellent. So go on the petition and sign it. Yeah, all because right. it's it's very silly. I mean, all pretty much any swinging knife uh, can be flicked open. Um, you just like start it up and flick it open like that. Is that yeah. is that the dangerous part we're trying to like legislate against right now? Jeez, yeah. it's very silly. So it was down actually at uh, Smith Army Surplus or SAS here in Kingston, and uh, they had all their knives out uh, underneath the the glass cabinet. And I was asking them what they're going to be doing about it um, because they're going to have to source knives. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do it. What they're going to do is they're going to source here in Canada. Um, It means that we're going to have to pay a little bit more for our knives. So. But they'll be Canadian made and we'll have local Canadian manufacturers for it. And they'll be cool because they'll be Canadian. I don't okay. mind. Like it, it's it's an unintended consequence, but it's kind of a neat one, right? That yeah. we get to <laughs> because they they ban this the importation of this thing. Now Canadian manufacturers are going to start cranking them out. Right. That's exactly it. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, so here's one from Pat. He says, "Folks, as I will be taking the Black Badge course this weekend, I have a rookie question. I hope to shoot a qualifier soon after my Black Badge, and would like to know, other than the obvious, what to take to the match if I have a problem with my pistol. Do the overspending and excessive selfie taking federal government economics prevail? And I cannot afford a, black, a backup pistol yet." Uh, can I ask what spare parts for my CZ Shadow uh, I should have so I avoid any issues? Uh, thank you for the awesome podcast and all the hard work you folks put into the uh, benefit people like me. Cheers, Pat G. Oh, so. man, I've got an answer. Um, you <laughs> you may want to send an email into the Practical Pistol podcast. Uh, they have yeah. a factory rep shooter for uh, CZ, CZ? On, on the show. And he's going to know so much more about these things. Uh, And then, of course, they've got um, Ben Stoger, who's shooting a a Tenfoglio, which is at CZ Shadow as well. So 
Um, I, I would I would email into those guys. Now, just given that you just got your black badge and this is probably like a newer pistol, I don't know if I would worry about it like right right away it's probably going to be okay for a little bit it's just if you're going to get get going into a lot of matches you should have that backup stuff so that you're not uh, sol okay. if if you know you go to a match and you don't have that stuff okay okay good advice so, uh, yeah maybe check them out yeah send them an email maybe cz rep that'd be a good idea or, or, yeah, or yeah, just just send an email to the Practical Pistol Podcast. They'll put it on their uh, uh, on their live uh, live hangout and on their podcast, and then you'll you'll find out right away. Right, and they'll have some you know good experience back and, uh, suggestions for what to bring for to to a match for that kind of thing. Okay, so and you might have a new uh, podcast to listen to as well. So yeah. If you have an email that you'd like to send the show, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we could, you know, turn you on to another podcast. So, anyways, iTunes reviews. We don't have any. And same with Podbean. None of those either. So, if you want to send in a review, whatever for- format you use, uh, send it to us. And we'll be happy to read it as well. Let's move on to shoutouts. We're moving right through this this is going to be the fastest episode ever uh adriel do you got any shout outs i don't mind having the episodes to like an hour or so that's you know, i know decent for, for a weekly podcast um no none for me okay so i have a couple i have one for mike m and alan our new ccfr field officers it was great to meet you guys and also you're doing a great job as well they were they were talking to people they were uh selling some memberships as well so that we can actually continue to keep our guns and fight for your rights um but the other thing uh, that i wanted to do is also shout out the girls that uh the mini snaps ginger snaps i don't know i don't even know their names so and just wanted to say hello um, maybe next week we'll get Trevor on to, to give you a shout out, a proper shout out. How's that? All right. Let's go and do some Patreon supporters. Do we have any new Patreonies? Uh, Patreonies? Pay... No, we don't. So <laughs> it is going to be the, the shortest episode ever. Uh, if you do want to actually uh, support us, we could, we could use your support. Uh, you can do it through Patreon. Uh, Dot com and backslash slamfire radio. So here's what's happening. Uh, what'll happen is we'll send you at some swag. We're also looking at uh, doing some t-shirts soon. Or actually, Adriel, you you sent the order in for t-shirts, did you not? Yeah, they're uh, so they've sent a design which I've approved, and now they're working on a sample. Um, okay. At the same time, I'm I'm getting some patches done up, um, and the patches are already in production and should be out shortly. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. So, if you'd like to support us, what it actually brings to you is this podcast. Uh, it pays for our streaming and, uh, yeah, some. so it uh, gives you extra content to listen to as well. Every once in a while, we'll send out another Patreon episode. We should be sending one out soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we appreciate everybody else who has already uh, supported us. We're at 79 Patreonies, so thank you very much for doing that. It means that we're going to continue to put out episodes. All right, let's sign off. Uh, So why don't you actually go out and join one of those uh, 
organizations that we were talking about, the ones that uh, attend the uh, Guns and Gangs um, summits, and they're out there actually advocating us so that we can continue to keep our guns because we're legal firearm owners. So go out and join the CCFR, the CSSA, or anybody else that you would like to join that's an advocacy group. It's important to support them because the reality is they are supporting them. Uh, go out and take uh, a black badge course or shoot some IPSC, go take a maybe seed uh, challenge or actually go come out to an event that's going to be opening up soon. You can go and shoot a three gun match at your local club or check out the three gun uh, website. Adriel's .ca. three yeah. gun.ca. Yeah, I've got a pile on there now. Perfect. Okay, so you can actually check out all the matches that are going to be happening soon. And also, Head on over to Gun Owners of Canada. We do post the episodes there, but we would like to talk to you on there as well. We have our own thread under the media section. And give us a like on Facebook. Right now we're at 1,860 likes, which is actually pretty pretty darn good. And yep. They're yeah. real ones. No bots in there. At yep. least none that we what know about. No, no bots? Nope. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to say a couple of uh, shout outs to Mike uh, R. Uh, he's on, he's watching live. Also, Justin DeRoy. Hello, Paper Racer. Hello. How are you? And uh, thanks, everybody who joins us live every week as well. We've been putting these out. We just want to hear from you as well. Do you like the live shows? Do you enjoy it? Uh, we could go back to not doing live shows, but we like this. I think you know, interacting and uh, chatting with you going on YouTube. So, yeah, I like showing the, so, some things are, are kind of hard to describe. Like, could yeah. you imagine trying to describe this uh, pistol sight pusher um, just using your voice? <laughs> just describing no. what's going on with it that. It looks like a medieval <laughs> torture device, though. Well, it, it could be used for that. You just stick your finger in there and so you can, yeah, just squeeze the heck out you of your finger. You can put other things in there too. All right. Uh, but yeah, we do want to actually hear from you if you like the, the live episodes as well. Stable Boy. There we go. Hi, Filthy. And yeah, Dan Grady as well. Thank you for watching too. Um, because the fact that, uh, you know, without you guys, without your support, we wouldn't be on here. So, yeah. all right. So, that's it. Everybody have a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.